listening to For Your Joy, a podcast provided by New King Church, where we seek to restore your faith in a world of discouragement. If you want to find out more about New King or learn how you can get connected with our network of like-minded churches in Burlington, Vermont, and surrounding areas, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Hey everyone, good to have you back here on the For Your Joy podcast. Uh, My name is Lucius Guthrie, I'm the worship pastor at New King Church in South Burlington, Vermont, joined by Ben Preston, uh, lead pastor of New King. What's up? Hey Hey, everybody. Hey Ben. Glad Um, to be back. Yeah, really glad to be back. We have taken a a couple weeks off. Um, I am a father now, it's very exciting, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm grateful for been in the church, letting me take some time to be a father. and uh, It's pretty important. Yes, extremely important. Uh, but excited to continue our conversation here on spiritual leadership. Um, this is our uh, third episode in this study, in this conversation. Um, and, and what we have been trying to do is just really help uh, each of you see yourselves as leaders, Wherever you are, in whatever capacity you find yourself in, there are people that the Lord has given you to influence um, in a way that, as we um, define with the help of, was it Henry Blackaby who mm-hmm. uh, wrote this book, who, who defined leadership, spiritual leadership, as moving people onto God's agenda, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, we think that. Everyone who is a saint in Christ has been given that opportunity. Um, and so what we're trying to do is just encourage you to, uh, to see yourself as that kind of leader and someone who can do this in a very intentional way. Um, and so we think that one of the greatest ways to do that is to set a, just a personal culture of spiritual leadership that helps influence those around you. Anyone you come in contact with will, will see just the, the atmosphere that the Spirit has created in your uh, personal life that would help you influence them to bring them onto God's agenda. And uh, one of the most practical ways we see this is, is setting personal leadership values. Um, and we have been talking through the values that New King has as a church uh, we have four specific values um, that we have to the public that we that we try to stay uh, grounded in those. But then beyond that, we have these things called plumb lines that are kind of hidden values, mm-hmm. I guess. They're behind the scenes, but things that we recognize are important. We don't put them on paper necessarily because that would get kind of uh, confusing, convoluted. It'd be a lot Um but we really see them as important, as valuable, and so we are just trying to define those to help you see how maybe you can implement a number of those in your personal leadership, um, or just be encouraged to see how you can create these kinds of uh, values and, and plumb lines. Uh, so before we jump into our second plumb line, Ben, you have anything just to add to that as we're recapping kind of where we are? Um, I, no, I, other than just to remind everyone what our first plumb line was which was basically simplicity yeah that we accomplish more by doing less yeah I think that was a good conversation if you didn't hear that one 
for some reason, go back and listen to the last episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say um, hopefully this will flow from the first two, so so listen to those. Um, interestingly enough, our conversation on simplicity did last way longer mm-hmm. <laughs> than we mm-hmm. expected, yeah. and so we are only now jumping into our second um, <clears throat> excuse me, plumb line, and so I'll turn it over to Ben to, to hear about that one. Yeah, so our second plumb line is that we wait for the counsel of the Lord, and that's not like a super sticky way of saying it, but, um, but, but, but the idea is that we can frequently, uh, get ahead of God, make our, make decisions about things without, uh, waiting for his counsel. Mm -hmm. And we see this happen again and again in scripture. And we have a few different places that we've referenced, but, um, the first, where the first place that we have referenced is in Numbers chapter 9 and verses 15 to the end of that chapter. And, um, and in that chapter is where it talks about how the Israelites, while they were in the wilderness, didn't go anywhere unless the, the cloud, which is the presence of the Lord, uh, went before them. So like they would wait until the, the cloud would be resting the glory of the Lord resting upon the tabernacle. And as long as the glory of the Lord was resting there um, in a cloud, right, by day, fire by night, uh, they stayed where they were. And it said for as long, it says as long as the, as the cloud was there, they waited. Hmm. And then if the cloud lifted, then, then they would go. And it says in Numbers 9, 22, uh, or sorry, verse 21. Sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning, and when the cloud lifted in the morning, they set out. Or if it continued for a day and a night, when the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether it was two days or a month or a longer time that the cloud continued over the tabernacle abiding there, the people of Israel remained in camp and did not set out. Mm. But when it lifted, they set out. At the command of the Lord, they camped. And at the command of the Lord, they set out. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord mm. by Moses. Mm. And so there's this idea that they were, were never apart from his presence. And, yeah. um, and that it was the presence of God that determined where they should be and what yeah. they should be doing. Yeah. So one, just something that's coming to my mind is that I get the... Um, privilege of being in leadership meetings with you, Ben. And I feel like you do a really good job of keeping this central um, because so many times I feel like there's a tendency specifically in, you know, church leadership to bring ideas to the Lord mm-hmm. and say, Hey God, we have come up with all these plans. We've done all this mm-hmm. stuff. Will you bless it? Right. Yeah. But, but a big uh, heartbeat of yours is to see where the Lord is working first and then join him. Mm-hmm. Even if it feels like what we've been doing for, for three years has been like, of course, this is what we're supposed to do. We're seeing fruit. But then if it's like, if that's diminishing and we see something else kind of beginning to start, it's like, Hey, we need to recognize that we need to jump onto it. Um, but sadly, uh, as I think about this story, particularly we don't necessarily have a cloud 
<laughs> right. uh, in front of us. So right. uh, even though this is incredibly impactful and has massive implications on how we should relate to the Lord in terms of listening and following him, what are some just initial ways you think about seeing where he's moving in, in trying to, to follow that? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that we have to have, we have to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be willing to wait. I yeah. think that one of the reasons that we don't see where he's moving is because we're not patient. We're mm-hmm. in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, we just want to get things done. Yeah. Fix you know? problems. Yep. Yep. And, and so, um, that, that reminds me a little bit of, of how King Saul acted a lot of times, right? Yeah. Um, he wasn't patient to wait on Samuel when Samuel doesn't show up Mm. in time and he's in a tight situation and the pressure is squeezing him and they've got a war to fight. They've, they've got enemies that they've got to deal with. Yeah. And so he, he, he needs something to happen. You know, he's feeling this pressure. I need something to happen. Samuel's supposed to be here to offer the sacrifice. Well, he's not here. I guess I'll just do it. Yeah. Right. And he, he acts presumptuously. He gets ahead of what God's wanting. And, uh, and he, and he does the very thing that, that angers the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually loses. He's what he's aiming for is he wants God's favor so that they can go and, and beat their enemies. Yeah. And he actually loses God's favor because of his impatience and presumption. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I see is we've got to be patient people. Yeah. We've got to be willing to wait on the Lord and his timing. And he doesn't tend to do things as fast as we would want him to oftentimes. Yeah. Um, I think of that verse in, um, Psalm 106. Um, it says Psalm 106, 13 says they soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. Mm. And so waiting is the first thing that's required of, of, seeing where God's cloud is at work and yeah, what he's yeah. doing. Right. Yeah. The second thing I would say is, um, prayer. And these things are going hand, these, these are going hand in hand, right? Waiting with praying. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we toss up a prayer, God help me out with this. Yeah. And then we kind of leave it there and we don't really pray it through. Yeah. And waiting in, uh, involves, prayer mm-hmm. in the scriptures when when we're waiting on the lord it's a prayerful waiting and so praying it through praying with patience until he gives the answer yeah right so um i need to know what to do about my job so i don't just need to be i don't need to just pray one time and then make a decision right yeah. i need to pray until i'm sure i know that god has given me clarity yeah so waiting waiting prayerfully. And then the, the third thing, the thing that you talked about is like seeing where he's at work. Yeah. Right. And so it's waiting prayerfully with your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I say eyes open, I mean, you're looking with faith at circumstances at things around you and you're looking to see where is God at work in my circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like so many of these things that we're talking about continue to pull back to the idea of God's agenda. 
and yeah. that being a part of this mm-hmm. definition of spiritual leadership is mm-hmm. understanding his agenda because you know that that's going to take different forms in each of our lives you know there is yeah. a there is a very obvious agenda of the lord that we each have been given right you know that this this revelation of god through his word that's right but that might play out in different ways in each of our lives in each of the ways that we are leading um, our families, right. Or leading, trying to spiritually lead our coworkers, um, to try to create that culture that people can, can, can latch onto to then be influenced in a way that the Lord can use. And so, um, yeah, it's just continually pulling us back to the idea of seeing how the Lord is working, waiting on that, understanding it and just really specific, intentional unity with the Lord to know those things better. Yeah, and I think it's so important that we learn. If we don't know how to do this, it's so important that we learn to pray in a way that is expecting God to give you answers. Mm. And and so that you're so that you're listening for his answer. Because yeah. we're all through our lives, we're gonna be faced with decisions that the answer is not it's not explicitly in scripture. You know, yeah, do I take yeah. a jo- the job that's being offered to me in Seattle or Dallas? Well, yeah. that's, there's not a verse for that, <laughs> you know, what, but God <laughs> may very well have a, a strong opinion about which one, Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and it's not to paralyze people in indecision. That's not at all it, but it's, it's to give the Lord the opportunity to actually yeah. lead you. The Bible yeah. says those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. And, and so we're the thing that is supposed to define us is that we are people who are led by a, the spirit of God that's in us. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, I feel like there's so many, uh, parallels from Saul and well, I rather contrasts from Saul mm-hmm. to David. Yes. Right. I mean, just immediately when you're talking about waiting, you know, I think about, I will wait, for the Lord on your word, I will rely, right? Mm. All these things just define mm-hmm. his heart. And, and I know there is another passage um, that you go to mm-hmm. uh, when thinking about this plumb line, waiting for the counsel of the Lord in Second Samuel 5. Love for you to mm. uh, yeah, talk through that. Yeah, so it's an, this is an awesome example of, of exactly what I'm talking about. Second um, Samuel 5 is this story where... Um, David is facing a situation. So just like Saul faced a situation where he was under pressure, David is in a situation where he's under pressure. Um, it says, 2 Samuel five seventeen. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord. So he's so he's got a situation. Philistines are uh, they're spreading out around him. They're circling him. They're ready to attack. He's mm-hmm. got a situation. What does David do? And David inquired of the Lord, "Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand?" And the Lord said to David, "Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hands." So David um, obeys. And uh, it says that he defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Well, um, it says the Philistines left their idols there, 
And then we get to the next verse. And the Philistines came up yet again and <laughs> spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And what's interesting is if you were to stop right here and put yourself into David's position, you would think like, okay. You, you know what to do. I know what to do. Yeah. Been here before, prayed about it. God told me the answer. We go up. Mm-hmm. But that's apparently not how David uh, interacts with the Lord, how he thinks about God. Yeah. He says, it says, and when David inquired of the Lord, so he, he asks God again, yeah. right? Am I supposed mm-hmm. to do this? Um, and he said, you shall not go up, mm. go around to their rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. Mm. And David did as the, the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines. So such a cool example of how we're supposed to, uh, we're not supposed to ever become independent. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Oh, okay, God, I've, you've shown me enough times how to handle this situation. Yeah. Now I've got it this time. Yeah. Right. But every single time we face any kind of a situation, we're to inquire of the Lord and yeah. wait for his counsel and then proceed as he leads. Yeah, yeah that's so good. Such a cool application for us mm-hmm. as we see his faithful heart in seeking the Lord in those things. And so with each of these things, I want to, to bring our conversation back to mm-hmm. the idea of personal spiritual leadership for mm-hmm. each of the people listening, for us, for anyone who is a Christ follower. And so specifically with this plumb line of waiting for the counsel of the Lord, um, how can that value play out personally? So I don't know if you have personal testimonies on how you've seen this in different areas of leadership in your life, family, you know, evangelism, whatever. Um, but what are some, what are some practical steps of making this a, a personal value? Well, I mean, to me, this is the key to being a spirit-led person, which, you know, if you don't, if you're not a spirit-led person, that's certainly going to affect your yeah. leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And your impact in your leadership and whatever that looks like in your home or your workplace or in class or wherever you are leading, mm-hmm. it's going to impact it. Um, th- I have certainly uh, failed to do this and paid for it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think of one time, you've probably heard most of all of my stories of the ways that I have <laughs> not done this well. But Somehow one, you learn better when you fail. It's, it's, it's yeah, annoying. but It is annoying. Um, but one that comes to mind immediately is we decided uh, that we were going to start a, an evening service for young, for, for students. And this mm. was back when uh, Aaron Clark, who is now, we've sent out to plant a church in Montpelier. Mm-hmm. He was uh, a, a student pastor, college pastor, sorry, at the time. And we decided we were going to start this like special evening service. And we began like all these plans. And Aaron just kind of, he got the green light and he started running with it. And uh, that season of life was super busy and like Mm -hmm. ministry was exploding in some ways. And that was when we were moving and you came up with a mission team. Yeah. And I 
did Murph challenge and gave myself <laughs> rhabdo and ended up in the hospital. If you don't know what that is, it was a very tough CrossFit workout that put Ben in the hospital. Yeah, Murph. Yeah. I don't recommend doing it unpartitioned if you are <laughs> thinking about doing Murph. Anyways, put me in the hospital. Uh, and so here I am. I find myself stuck in a hospital bed and really miserable. I am not a fan of sitting still <laughs> for long periods of time. And it was brutal for me. And, and I was praying and I was like, Lord, I feel like you're trying to get my attention. What do you need to say to me? I mean, mm-hmm. this is after like 24 hours of sitting in the bed, right? Of yeah. like, all I had was like a Bible and a journal and my, my own thoughts. Yeah. And, and I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? And he really powerfully spoke to me through that verse, Psalm 106, 13. They soon forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. The mm. Lord like rebuked me. You didn't wait for my counsel on this um, evening service idea. Yeah. And you just have gotten ahead of me. That yeah. wasn't me at work. Mm. And wow. so because of that, my leadership was wrong. I led someone else, Aaron, yeah. to, to go to take off in this direction that wasn't the Lord's leading. Yeah. It wasn't the Lord's desire. And so now I had to have a conversation with him and apologize and explain what the Lord was really clearly saying to me. And uh, we had to shut that thing down. Yeah. So all that just to say, that's just one example of so many times where the Lord has shown me that I where I wasn't preemptively waiting and patient and I caused and I caused a trouble for other people because I was leading out of my own wisdom and not and yeah. not his desire. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like it's sadly it's going to be so easy for each of us to do that if we just slightly get off the path of continually seeking the Lord. Yep. Right. And so it, it can, you know, one day of missing a time of intentional prayer can turn into a week and a month very quickly. Oh, yeah. Right. And so then you are um, just heading down paths that you think might be helpful, you think are the right things. And we talked about this uh, with the last plumb line with busyness, right? You know, with, with when you don't focus on simplicity, you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is great. This is great. Mm-hmm. But the whole time, it's like you're you're mm-hmm. losing your soul and your um, in, in the opportunities that are better that the Lord might have for you, you're missing them because you're just seeking what you think is best and not waiting and listening and praying and um, understanding where the Lord is moving first. And that makes me think it's so important that we need to say this. This is why it's important that you don't live by the principle of if the door is open, that means God's leading. Mm. So a lot of people... Sounds countercultural, even in a biblical setting. Yes, yes. This is so popular in Christian circles that if the door is opening, then that means I'm going. That means God's leading that direction. Mm. That is not true in the scriptures. Mm. Um, And in fact... What it says in that Psalm 106, 13, when it says they soon forgot his works, they did not wait for his counsel. It goes on to say, I don't have it in front of me, but they they had a wanton craving in the desert. And then God gave them what they desired. Mm. But he also uh, sent 
a, a wasting disease with it. Wow. So he so they wanted uh, quail. They wanted meat. Yeah. They they had this they had this ungodly desire for for it. God said, "Fine, I will give it to you. I'm doors open, right? Yeah, uh, I'll give you the meat. Yeah, but with them walking through that door, they also got his discipline, and it was yeah. severe. Yeah, I mean that's the trajectory of of Romans one, mm-hmm. as we see just the whole, you know, world walking away from the Lord and the Lord just giving them up to that because it's clearly what they desire. And so if that door, yeah, like you're saying, if that door opens, then no way is that actual better, actually better for them. Yep. It's just the Lord recognizing that if they are seeking that, he's going to give them up to that. Another great example. This is the wicked prophet, uh, Balaam or Balaam. How do you say his name? I think it's Balaam. Balaam. Um, you know, in this, in numbers, he, you, if, if, it almost looks like he's being led by this, oh, if the door's open, then I'm supposed to walk through it kind of mentality because yeah, yeah. Uh, Balak, Balak? Balak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've heard Balaam and Balak, so that's okay. that's what Balaam I think. And Balak. I don't know if that's okay. a simplified version or... <laughs> uh, who knows? <laughs> um, Balak sends like all these princes, right, to go and to try and talk him into coming and cursing the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And so they come, he goes up, oh, let me go inquire of the Lord. The Lord's like, nope. Mm-mm. So he sends him away. Okay. No, I can't yeah. do it. Well, a little while later, Balak sends more princes to yeah. him to try and talk him into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, he goes and inquires of the Lord and the Lord says, essentially sure yeah go with them right <laughs> yeah and so he goes with them and it angers god so much even though he said sure go yeah. with them uh-huh. you know because it's like well yeah i'll let you go that way the door's open for you but you're totally missing what my heart is i've already i've already tried to tell you what my heart is about this yeah mm. right that's good and so he goes, and it really angers God, and the angel of the Lord stands in front of him. And in fact, if it wasn't for his donkey, the angel of the Lord would have killed him. That's yeah. what the angel of the Lord said. If it wasn't for your donkey seeing me and turning to the side, I would have killed you mm. just now. Wow. So, I mean, I feel like a lot of this, the answer to this is going to kind of go back to that waiting and prayer. And, um, But if it feels like a door is open, <laughs> right, that we see... How, how do we continue to discern? It's the counsel of the Lord that you've got to listen for. Yeah. And that involves like searching his word, prayerfully listening. So clearly it's more than just your circumstances, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, he will open doors when yeah. he wants you to go in a certain direction. So it's yeah. just that that alone, that by itself is not enough yeah. to go on. Yeah, because that is not necessarily circumventing the Lord, but it's... It's not considering all all of what he might be saying. That's right. Yeah. And oftentimes there are many doors open in front of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this could be, um, as you are beginning to define your values and plumb lines of your personal leadership, uh, this could be one of them. Mm-hmm. And so that is really why we want to talk through these, just so that you can understand... Um, 
what ours are, specifically as church leaders mm-hmm. at New King, uh, and as Ben said in, in the last episode, a lot of these kind of overlap in his personal leadership mm-hmm. as well, and family and evangelism and all these other things. Um, but we, we really, really hope and pray that this is helping you see that you have to consider these things and think about them as you are um, leading in different capacities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we will go ahead and wrap up um, this second plumb line. It looks like we may just be going one <laughs> per episode. So maybe we can cover two next yeah, week. Yeah, maybe we'll go we'll go two next time. Um, but these are these are so um, critical and crucial and um, and it just helps bring greater concepts into simpler forms so that we mm-hmm. can really take hold of them as leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will, we will continue to walk through, I'm not, I'm not sure how many of these we have, but um, at least a couple more and, and we hope they help. And until next week, Ben, you got anything to close out? Um, yeah. One, one verse. All right. Let me read it for us. Yeah. Jesus um, John and John fifteen nineteen it says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does that the son does likewise. Wow. So even Jesus lived by this. Yeah. He is the perfect man, mm-hmm. perfect follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seek him, understand that. And, um, uh, we'll talk to you next week. See ya.